From downstairs in ye Polish penthouse, the ugly George hour of truth, sex, and violence. Here we are, you can see we're on Wilderness Park in Lincoln, Nebraska, and this trail here would be a perfect highway for Sasquatches. I mean, we're right alongside the road here, kind of unnoticed, but here's this this trail, which is used by bikers, by humans, but Bigfoot's, oh yeah, they would just love this trail. Give me a couple lines from Green Eggs and Ham. I don't like it, I don't like it, I don't like it. I'm Sam, I am, I am, I'm Sam. I do like it. I'll like it in a box, I'll like it in a goat, I'll like it. Well, I need the book if you want to give me specific lines. But... We always say the Black Panther Party that they can do anything they want to us. We might not be back. I might be in jail. I might be anywhere. But when I leave, you can remember I said with the last words on my lips that I am a revolutionary. And you're going to have to keep on saying that. You're going to have to say that I am a proletarian. I am the people. I'm not the pig. You've got to make a distinction. And the people are going to have to attack the pigs. The people are going to have to stand up against the pigs. That's what the pastors are doing. That's what the pastors are doing all over the world. Hold on there. Cutter! They started it. We did not. Well, fighting won't stop it. When people disagree, sometimes they need someone who's not involved to settle things. Johnny Kadump, he's not rooting for either team. Good thinking. Instead of fighting when you disagree, look for a better way. Now we know. And knowing is half the battle. G.I. Joe! What's the deal? What's going on? Well, the lady owes me $20. I gave her a 20 and she didn't give me nothing. Why, do you, why does she owe you $20? I gave her a $20 bill. I gave her a $20 bill. For what? For anything. I don't care. Whatever it's for, but she can give me my money back if she ain't going to do nothing with it. Okay, were well, you planning to buy some drugs yes, or I something? Was. What kind of drugs were you wanting to buy? Rock. Rock? Yes, I was. You gave her $20 to I buy? I gave her $20. She gave me some plaster. And now you want your $20 back yes, because she didn't supply you with crack cocaine. Well, she, if she shouldn't give me nothing, no plaster or nothing, she should have said no. What's going on? She come around here a while ago. There used to be some people right over there that used to sell. Yeah. We were sitting out here on the porch in some chairs. So she said, y'all have anything to buy? I said, no, baby, we don't have nothing to sell. So she left one around the corner. Mm -hmm. Then she come back 10 minutes later hollering, give me my money back. up. No, you ain't bought nothing from here. Don't disrespect my child. This is my child. Mm -hmm. I don't sell crack. I'm a prostitute. Tuesday, and what, two hours later, the Chauvin verdict came in? Yes. Right? Seems like a long time ago now, but... Gull it does. What are your thoughts on that? Are you happy with the way things turned out? He needed to be found guilty. If he had not, as I'd said before, that would have been an absolute and utter travesty of justice. But there isn't justice in that a man was murdered. And the $20 bill, never we never saw that. But that young man... All the trauma that these people are experiencing and will continue to experience for the rest of their lives from having witnessed this. And he feels very responsible, that video. If there needed to be taken in in some way, there was never any, it didn't look like anybody was ever trying to de-escalate the situation, which is where having a mental health person 
call, bring them onto the scene, who knows how to do these things. Would have been very handy in their city, San Francisco, among them, where they have implemented mental health practitioners. I don't know what their qualifications have to be. I don't know what level of education and experience they have to have, but they're actually saving the police department's money and there's less violence, fewer issues with problems between police and the alleged, the suspect, the person that they're trying to detain or talk to because these folks know how to work with people. Now, it's not something that you send out on every call. No, I think that's exactly the answer. I mean, you have street outreach teams. I mean, we have them here, certainly, where there's social workers who go out on the streets and talk to people who are homeless and try to get them into situations, figure out how they can be helped and try to get them into housing, etc. These aren't cops. These aren't armed people. And they know how to not how to de-escalate or to not escalate a problem. Implement that in more cities. I, I think the ones that currently are using a system like this, other cities need to show greater interest. And I know that, I want to say it was in Maryland, but I'm not sure. They've been using that they created for three or four years now and with great success. Let them set up a training program for other police officers, for mental health practitioners, so that they also know how to handle situations when they go out on the street. Mm-hmm. It exists. There's really no reason to recreate the wheel. Will it take tweaking for different situations in, in different cities? They have unique problems to an extent. So tweak it, personalize it, make it fit yours. But it exists. Right. It's a mindset. I mean, people are used to thinking of poor people as criminals. Criminals or criminals to be, at least. One thing that could help policing, and I don't know how many areas do this, but I know in New York it's a big problem, is that the street cops live in different boroughs, different neighborhoods. So where they're policing, they need to be from the same neighborhood as they're policing. That's a big problem. And there are people who are advocating for that. And I think there are always bills coming up that keep getting torn down by the police union lobby. But that would be that would certainly hold cops a lot more accountable. I mean, if you lived in the neighborhood, as it is right now, they'll but never what, see the people again. What happens they, when you switch precincts? You move again? There are certain times that I would want my life to be separate to a point. Now, still join, go and volunteer in the area when you're not working, if you have the time. And if you don't have that extra time, then spend time in the community when you're on duty. Get to know the people. You don't have to be in your car all the time. I don't, but see, I'm, I'm talking out of school. I'm not a police officer. I don't know. I can speak that in this town, there are a lot of good officers and there are some that are sketchy, but they do a lot of outreach. Is it enough? I don't know. I've not personally had a negative situation with an officer for years and years. And that guy was shady. And even people I know in the sheriff's department were talking about what a bad cop he was. And nobody ever did anything. He was married, was hitting on women all the time in, well, there is not an appropriate way to do so, but making it seem like he could do favors for them if they did a little favor for him. And that happened to one of my good friends at the time. Nasty. In New York City specifically, you've got a huge racial problem with cops. I mean, you've got white cops who live on Long Island, for instance, which Long Island is not a very ethnically diverse place. There is a chapter of the KKK on Long Island, for instance. 
So it's so a cop living in that situation who comes to let's say the Bronx where it's a whole different situation. I mean, city life is different than suburban life. It's a different thing. It's like a whole different television show. Mm-hmm. So these cops aren't equipped to understand if they lived in those neighborhoods, then they would understand what city life is like and what the day-to-day problems are and things that come up. And I think that's a huge, huge problem. Another problem, I think this would solve probably 85% of the problems we have with cops right now, is that every every settlement for police wrongdoing, whether it's wrongful death or whatever, make that money come out of the pension. Interesting. You will see that stuff stop immediately. You'll see the union stop supporting these guys. And that, and then it'll work like a union's supposed to work. The police union isn't a union; it's a, a mob, and they protect their bad people. And I don't know. I mean, I'm not. I'm sure there are good cops. It's very hard for me to understand how you could be a good cop because I know some. I know I'm sh- some. I probably do too. But I, in order to be a good cop, you can't turn your back on bad cops. And if you do that, if you do report bad behavior from cops, you get dismissed yes. at best. At best, you get dismissed. So that so, that culture needs to change uh-huh no amount of tweaking is going to fix it i think you got to just change the whole and i think i don't know if i would want to live necessarily again you change precincts what are you supposed to do pack mm-hmm. up your family and move someplace else again and most of us want a work life separation if you live there would you ever be off duty i would want separation no it doesn't mean that i don't want to spend time in that neighborhood i think an immersion program for two weeks to a month. If you're going to be assigned someplace, then go meet with community leaders from different organizations. Let them familiarize you with the neighborhood. Get different perspectives. Spend time walking the street. Eat in the little restaurants, in the little cafes, in the whatever. Shop at the little grocery store before you go home. Get to know the people. Let them get to know you as a person. Can you still establish that authority? Here I am as a human being. But please understand that I have this position of authority. And yes, it is a position of authority. Well, it is and it isn't. I mean, I think there's a lot of conditioning that we've gone through to believe. Cops are not the ultimate authority. Cops respond. I did not say the ultimate authority, but it is. No, you didn't. But I think people believe that. And people, whether it's the, well, if you don't have anything to hide, why don't you just do what the cop says? You don't have to answer questions from a police officer. They don't have given authority unless they're they're addressing a situation that's already occurred. Yes, which is following a complaint or something, Mm -hmm. then you do. But walking down the street, cop doesn't have any right to stop you. Wouldn't have thought that. Wouldn't have said that. I don't mean you. I mean, people, I think we just believe that. I mean, you you grow up believing the cops are the authority and just better do what they say. And that's part of the problem because that's, I mean, if I was a cop, what would the downside be to having everybody in the neighborhood know who you were and know that they could call on you? If they needed you, unless you were a bad cop. Again, then you're on duty 24-7. And I think that police officers should also be able to have a separate home and family life. Isn't part of the job that they're supposed to be on 24-7? I mean, no. if an off-duty cop is in a situation, are they not required to intervene? If they if notice you, a it, robbery in well, progress or something? that's different. What I'm saying, and I think you know what I'm saying, is if you're sitting at, if your shift ended at 6 You filled out your paperwork, you went home, and you are sitting at your table having dinner with your family. Unless, I mean, if you're a beat cop, then there wouldn't be an issue. If you're a detective and you get called in for a specific thing, then yes. But if you are a beat cop, you're off duty, sitting at home, having dinner with your family. And you should be allowed that time. Yeah, but I I guess I'm not understanding what, in this scenario, 
who was going to prevent the person from having a nice dinner with his family? If you're saying if that he's they, off duty. No, you were saying, aren't they supposed to be on 24-7 if something comes up? And I'm saying that the difference is, if they're on duty, then yes. But if they are off duty, let them be off duty. With what you were saying, it sounded to me as though you were saying they should always, always be available. No. Everybody needs a break. Oh, no, no. I don't mean that at all. I mean, living in this city, our relationship to the police is terrible. It isn't like, who are the people in your neighborhood? Oh, it's the Mr. Cop. The, there is a – this goes across all demographics, but people don't feel that cops are on their side. And you walk through the park, and there's a phalanx of armed cops there. You don't feel safer. You don't feel like, oh, it's so good to have these people in my neighborhood. I think that it's, it's obviously a bigger picture, but we need to reevaluate our relationship to the police force and not think of them as an authority, but think of them as another part, like social workers, another outreach people, doctors, etc., the people in our neighborhood. The only experience I had with a police officer in New York did happen to be in the park. I uh, was out on my own, my first adventure by myself. Ended up in the wrong place. I was completely on the wrong end of Central Park. And I went in the gate and there was a police officer very kindly dealing with a man with mental issues. Mm -hmm. You could tell that this happened a lot because he knew his name and just a lot of really good interaction between the two of them. Mm -hmm. I went up, hi, misplaced. I don't know how to get where I need to be, but this is where I need to be. Very pleasant. Help me out. But no, there was an officer here that I was talking to one day. And I said, it's, it's a shame. I said, you know, when you see a police officer, the first thought isn't, oh, good. It's, uh-oh. He agreed. And he was like, yeah, that is a shame. We need to work on that. I'm like, yeah. And they're not all bad. But my experiences here over last summer with the marches and the demonstrations, one that we were on, on so many of them, the police would block the streets during the time so that the marchers could go through. And they just moved along. And would go forward as the marchers progressed. Very helpful. And then there was the police officer who grabbed the girl's braids and threw her. She wasn't doing anything. She was just chanting. I've seen it. Mm -hmm. Grabbed her braids, spun around, just threw her to the ground, down onto the concrete. And then proceeded to get a little rougher. But I can't I've fix it. It's systemic and it's got to be fixed from inside. And I know the that they feel as though they're being attacked. And one of our friends had made the comment that it's hard to be a police officer. It's tough to believe be a police officer right now. And I'm thinking to be to do their job, to be a good a good police officer, it would be. It's supposed to be. It, by definition, it is a tough job. You don't get to complain about that. You don't get to complain about that. I'm who's, sorry. I don't think that's part of it. I didn't say anything about complaining. I didn't say anything. They about they complain. They complain all the time. Oh, people don't trust cops. This is an attack on cops. We are all Derek Chauvin. Yes, you are. There was a tweet from some police oh. force. We are all Derek Chauvin. Yes, you are. And that is the problem. On the lighter side of things, Yay. Kate, <laughs> Caitlyn Jenner is running for governor, we think. Right? Nope, she threw her hat in the ring. <laughs> oh, dear. Yes, she did. But the uh, thing is, she doesn't represent her community in a lot of ways. And when she was, when she first kind of came out and did her bus tour around, and all of a sudden wanted to be a representative for people who have been struggling for years and years who didn't have the benefits that she does, the fame, the money. And they were like, where, you know, that's, she still doesn't get the struggle, but she is, she's a Trump supporter who is against everything that she is. 
And politics, when you, your politics are representative of who you are, what your beliefs are. Mm -hmm. So one of the first statements I saw is that she does not have the support of that community in the larger sense. In my opinion, when Bruce Jenner decided to transition, he didn't join a community. Bruce Jenner didn't join any club. Bruce Jenner didn't go through years of abuse and all the things that trans people go through. This was a, excuse me, but narcissistic choice on, on this person's. In my opinion, it's all, I mean, this is a person who's always been a narcissist. He lived their life, he lived his life in the public eye. I'm sorry. I mean, I don't, uh, I know that in the current climate, you're not allowed to say that without being considered transphobic. Anything other than Kaylin Jenner is God is considered transphobic, and that's ridiculous. I mean, he's See, I not, wasn't a I good person. I don't think so. I don't, no? I don't think so. Even going back to what I had said before, and then what you reiterated, is that so many people who had been struggling, now he, she hid who she really was for years, marrying another, getting married again and having children and lying to that woman. For all of those years, that should have been something that was up front. Hey, this is who I am. This is what I do. Don't be upset if you can't find your clothes in the closet. I probably moved them because he was, she was cross-dressing. I think Kim was the first one to see, see it of all the kids. Mm -hmm. And so she carried that secret for a long time. So she was having to keep a secret from her mother, which is terrible. But no, he didn't. He had that inner struggle. And because he was famous, having to hide it. But no, he didn't. She, as you and I agree, didn't go through all the struggles. It wasn't, she wasn't somebody growing up just trying to be who they are, express themselves and get beaten up, get spit on, get yelled at, get all of those, all that trauma for all those years. No. And again, yes. I'm, I'm, I'm Mr. Let Your Freak flag fly by all means wear a dress if you're a boy and you want to wear a dress wear a dress if you're a girl and you don't want to wear a dress don't wear a dress it's all wonderful it's the objective truth of it that is where i have problems with it there was a guy a few years ago he passed away but i'm sure you've probably seen photos of him he's on the guinness book of world records or whatever and he decided or or i guess that's a transphobic thing to say but he knew that it was a tiger, actually, a, a tiger, not a human, but a tiger, in, trapped in a human's body. I'm not making fun of this person at all. Oh, the guy he, who do you remember this teeth guy? file. Oh, yeah. Oh, everything. He had whiskers uh, yes. stapled into He had implants in his face and his skin tattooed. Mm -hmm. And for all practical purposes, he looked like, well, not a tiger, but he looked like a guy who had 50 surgeries. Yes. To, yeah. Now, his painful. reality of this, his reality was that he's a tiger. Now, most people would look at that and say, no, you're not. Now, we all have an obligation to tolerate but not accept, as far as I'm concerned. If you have a problem seeing two men holding hands walking down the street, you're allowed to have that problem. You can internalize that. You can hate gay people as much as you want. It's a free country. But the second you impose those feelings on other people, that becomes a problem. Yes. So tolerating, we have every right to demand that people tolerate trans people, queer people, etc. We do not have the right to say you have to accept it. It's just a different thing. You can be against interracial marriage for, and I know 
there are people, lots of people who are. Keep it to yourself. Yes. You know, it's, nobody cares about that. So whenever anything trans-related comes up in this climate, I'm labeled a transphobe for saying anything that's not, oh, what a brave person Caitlyn Jenner is. Sorry, I don't see any bravery from that person whatsoever. There are brave trans people out there, absolutely. Caitlyn Jenner, not one of them. Also killed somebody and got away with it, which really didn't do too much for the uh, women drivers, did it? No. So this is a fantastic video. I've discussed the governor of this lovely state in which I reside and the way he is. Mr. Pete Ricketts? Yep. This guy went in to his office with um, a lovely white robe and it had his face in just this really awful look with a swastika, I believe, behind it. Okay. And then she had the hood draped over her arm and she came in and she said that she was there for his fitting. <laughs> she brought nice. it in for the fitting. Oh, nice. Yes. nice. And then, How, What was his reaction? Oh, of course she didn't get to see him. Who knows <laughs> okay. if he was even there? Right. He visits Lincoln. He still kept his house and lives in Omaha. Oh, okay. So, yeah. The wife was going to stay there. I guess she worked or whatever, and the kids in school, and then maybe come down for the summers. Never. They never moved in. Never, never, never. So he does a lot of his work over the phone and probably through Zoom forever, and people probably drive to him. So he comes to Lincoln, I think, two or three days a week. Wow. But again, he turned away the children, the immigrant children, saying because he didn't want them to harm our children. Oh, yeah. Hurt our children. Was, it was one of those two. And that we need to continue to dedicate our time and funds to the children are here. As white, he continues, white children. Well, as he continues to try and cut every social program. Yeah. And the people believe it. He's pretty popular, right? I mean, as far as the votes, did he do win by landslide? or? I don't think there was really going to be any question, but it's... He's term limited out, thank okay. goodness. I don't know why we didn't do a recall with everything that he's done. And all these people are like, oh, you kind of you can't do that. Well, we don't, in all honesty, have a good, strong Democrat running in this next race. I know somebody who would be fantastic, absolutely and utterly the best thing to happen for this state in you? a long time. No, I don't have the contacts as far as having worked in the communities enough. Could I get that? Yeah, but this person has all that but they're already fulfilling a role someplace else. There's another gal who would be, these are both women, who would be great. She's a senator in the state right now. She's doing so much good, but we kind of need her there at this point. So they're both people that are probably the strongest contenders on the Republican side at this point, mm -hmm. are both Trump fans, and will put that in their advertising. One guy was on the agriculture committee for him for a while, and he's got the two of them standing side by side with their big fake smiles, the thumbs up. I got a text with that picture and how he's a big Trump fan, blah, blah, blah. Would I offer my support to him? And I'm thinking, how did you people even get my number? Though I know a lot of other people who are of the same political leaning that I am who have also gotten that text. And then you can get the reply, stop, if you don't want it. So I wrote disgusting with two points, <laughs> stop. And the other people that I know have gotten it have written little notes and then added stop. So it could be this state could get scary, just wow. even more backward than we are. I don't know. And his term is up in what, November? Oh, no, we or, get him till 2022. 2022. That's right. But then it's their family. His family has 
a lot of money now. And they buy positions for people that he wants in. One of his little recruits is the one who put up the bills for winner take all. Nebraska is one of two states, Nebraska and I believe Maine, where we split the electoral right. votes. Right. There are three. There's CD1, 2, and 3. So whoever wins each of those gets one vote. Now, whoever has the majority of those, two out of those three, gets the other two votes. And they gerrymandering is as big here as it is any place. And so Democratic presidents have won CD2. Obama won it, and then Biden won it. And they're fighting like heck, so that's one of the reasons. And CD1 was close. And so that's why they want winner-take-all. And then a whole other ID thing that they're trying to put on. And it's it's crazy. I mean, there are people who don't have a state ID, state-issued ID, who don't need one for any reason, really. And somebody could say, well, they're only 20-some dollars, but that's 20-some dollars, and you need to get down there. Some people just can't do it. If you're homebound and you didn't have those things, you can't do it. Oh, yeah. Line way. And then you could say, okay, do it online. Well, what if you don't have internet service? Mm-hmm. They're just busy, busy, busy trying to disenfranchise people. Why don't they just pass a law that says no one named Washington, Jackson, Rodriguez can vote? That's what they want, right? Jefferson. Jefferson. Yeah, it'd be easy. None of our founding fathers can vote. You know, why... Did, did it not used to be, I'm going, this is going back a few years, but didn't it used to be that you could have a presidential race and whoever got the most votes was president and whoever got the second most votes would be vice president? What's wrong with that system? Well, we'd still have, are you saying in the, in the general before you narrow it down to one from each party? Well, yeah, you, there's no reason to have a running mate because well, we all because know nobody we would does. Have, we would have yeah. Trump as vice president right now. Well, that's fine, but see, well, it's not that's fine. That's not fine. What I, no, but what I mean is you'd ensure that both sides would be working together, at least, because they would have to. As it stands, it's winner take all. It's either the Democrats win or the Republicans win. And we're going to well, keep what? flip-flopping back and forth every eight years. And What happens to caring about the people you're supposed to be representing as opposed to all the puffery? Well, it might force them to, because then it wouldn't be so much about the team. My team wins as much as it would be... Well, okay, now the two of us are going to be working together to get this done. Both sides will be working together to get this done. I don't see why. I mean, I'm sure there are probably arguments why it wouldn't work, but I don't, as a dummy sitting here yapping, I don't see it. No, I think there could be a complaint system, and it has to be by independent group. And if you get X number of legitimate complaints filed against you, you're fired. Mm-hmm. You know, like Ted Cruz popping down to Cancun, Ted yeah. Cruz saying after the school shootings, it's all theater or after any of the mass shootings, it's all theater. There's another one. Third one, you're just out. You could even weight them. Like some would be worse. Going to Cancun could be like five points. And then tweeting something ridiculous could be like two points. You get to 10 points and you're gone or whatever. Yes. I think that would hold them to account. When when your constituents have no running water, have no power, their homes are ruined. But because you can, you and your wife pop off to Cancun inviting a bunch of your friends and neighbors who, ha ha ha, thank goodness, let us in on the whole deal. Right. Well, this Marjorie situation, Taylor Greene would be gone. This didn't all just happen overnight. They've created a system that allows for this and encourages this. I mean, Marjorie Taylor Greene is a symptom of the system, not an outlier. Yes, yeah. It's the things that allow this audit in Arizona. Mm-hmm. 
to which was just stopped. Wasn't it stopped by a judge? No, they were allowed to continue. But somebody went in and they were using blue ink pens. Well, you can alter a vote with a blue and a black pen. That's one of the main rules. You can have red or green because the, the machines can't read those colors. The only media that's being allowed in is OAN. Okay. There, I there's of media. Yeah. <laughs> there's a media area, but it's outside the building. It's being conducted by, what is it, the, the ninja, something ninja. Yeah. I could have sworn I read that the judge. Supposedly out of, he had, put a quick little stay on it. Oh, okay. Got it. But then it popped back up because they said, okay, we won't use blue pens. <laughs> but whatever they are in this organization is supposed to exist. Cyber ninjas in Florida. The people in Florida have never heard of them. I have heard of them only because of reports. They have no training. They've never done anything like this. No qualifications. There hasn't been any report as to who's paying for this. It won't change the outcome of the election because it's been certified. But what the fear is, and what I have heard from intelligent people who have worked in this area, is that it just opens the door for anything like this to happen anywhere. Right. Is that what the end game is? Just to establish a precedent? Because they know that nothing's going to happen as far as overturning the election. Well, and the interesting thing is, if they're so concerned about the legitimacy of the election in Arizona, why are they only tallying Mark Kelly and Joe Biden's votes? None. They're not double-checking. I'm sorry, quadruple-checking any of the Republican races. It's just the two that the Democrats won. Well, Republicans don't cheat. That's why. Mm -mm. Mm -mm, mm -mm, mm -mm. Did we both just start with a straight face? (laughs) Uh, Mine was a little crooked. Mm. But mostly. Were you one of the five people in the world that watched the Oscars? I clicked into it just a few times. I caught the last part of Tyler Perry's. Uh-huh. And it was good. He refuses to accept hate. And then he said a whole bunch of groups. He's not going to hate people different from him. And he, I'm not going to hate black people. I'm not going to hate white people. I'm not going to hate Asian people. I'm not going to hate people who are of a different faith. And I'm, I'm kind of adding, I don't want to add different things, but it was, it was good. And I hmm. think people should listen to it in these times. It would be a, a good, good thing. Is it okay if I still hate the Medea movies? I they're think for the really most part, not. adorable. Oh, you do? Okay. I think That's she's... what I mean. No, no, no. Let me finish. I hate how adorable they are. You know? Is it just me? I hope so. I adore no. that character. I would, oh, really? When he made... Yes. And he's like, this is the last one. I said, I thought to myself, no! I make fun of Medea, but I'm she's not the audience. Feisty. I'm not the audience. That's what no. it comes down to. You know? And that's fine. There's an audience for it. Art is subjective. If you like it, than its art, as far as I'm concerned. It doesn't speak to me, but it's not supposed to. Tyler Perry no. doesn't make movies for me. You shouldn't, it's in, just in... lighthearted. There's not a whole lot. Sometimes you just want to be entertained. Sometimes I want to go and think, when my son and I went to see The Courier, mm-hmm. that that's based on a true story and the history, and that there was so much. I was drawn into that movie because of everything that actually transpired during that time. And sometimes, you know, like Dirty Dancing. You just want to be entertained and dance with Patrick Swayze because he was a good dancer. Well, you could have have danced with Cynthia Rhodes. (laughs) Yeah. If I'm dancing with Patrick, she's the only one left. I guess. Or you could have danced with Jennifer Grey. I could just wait for Patrick to die. I'd be like, that's okay. I'll make my move. I'll make my move sooner or later. Don't you worry about it, Pat. Oh, that was nice. I know. 
I don't know, but it's okay. I think he's probably heard worse. But here's the funny thing. What I found funny about the Oscars, I mean, it was boring, but they're always boring. But they restructured the order the awards were given because it's always tradition to have the final three be actor, actress, picture. Picture is the one that everybody's waiting for. It's the biggest award. Obviously, best picture is the big award. This year, they were so convinced, apparently, nobody's copped to this, but they were apparently so convinced that Chadwick Boseman was going to win the Oscar for Mm -hmm. um, Ma Rainey's Black Bottom. Great performance. Everybody, you know, and he he passed away and it was just... So they restructured the show, so they gave away the Best Picture Award to Nomadland like an hour before the thing was over. I was like, what? That's that's really? the award. Yeah, it wasn't an hour, but it was they saved Best Actor for the last. And there's only one reason why they would do that is because they had this thing planned where yes. Chadwick Boseman's you know, mother comes out or whatever and makes a really wife. impassioned speech. Wife. Uh, and I'm sure it would have been wonderful. However, Anthony Hopkins won. And Anthony Hopkins wasn't even what? there. He didn't, he didn't even show up because he was, A, he's like 91 years old, so he probably shouldn't be, you know, in a room full of other people during a pandemic. But He won? He won, yeah. And he, he probably didn't even expect to win. So he didn't even respond until the next morning. And then he, he filmed a little video saying thank you. And it's a very nice video and everything, but nobody expected it. So the show just kind of ended because he wasn't there. There was nobody to accept on his behalf. So it was like, and the winner is Anthony Hopkins. Good night, everybody. And that was it. So. Oh, wow. Of course, there was Glenn Close, the little, her little dance. I, I heard about that. Yeah. I saw a little snippet. Uh, and that just yeah. looks funny. No, I was one of those people who my sister and I mm-hmm. would watch all those award shows when we were quite young. And I think I even watched a little bit going into college up to those times. And then I just got to a point where all that self-adulation and congratulating each other for, oh, you're so wonderful. You did this. You did that. I'm over it. When they'd spend more time on who are you wearing and all these people, oh, that's just fantastic. That's beautiful. And I'm thinking, I wouldn't wear that to a joke prom. Uh, Trey Parker and Matt Stone had the right idea a few years ago, the South Park guys. Yes, they did. The Jennifer (laughs) Lawrence dress and Gwyneth Paltrow, I believe. And not only that, not only did they show up in dresses and and totally did the straight face red carpet walk when people, well, who are you wearing? They did the whole thing, but they dropped acid first. They were on LSD for the entire, (laughs) yeah. (laughs) I don't know what about about that, that, but I'm thinking wouldn't that be tough to sit in a seat? Uh, It was a little bit. Trey said afterwards that he a little bit fidgety but uh i mean that's the way to just not take it seriously if you're gonna not take it seriously then just go all the way boys <laughs> they didn't mention yeah. the lsd until afterwards but yeah probably not because they probably would have been asked <laughs> to leave what was the there was an award show this was during covid so it was sometime last year and a late night show or something was filming in a theater next door there was some other program mm-hmm. and all of a sudden they traipsed all of these a-list hollywood stars through the front row and they were shaking hands and all these people oh oh my gosh it's i'm not going to name their names that was when uh jimmy kimmel hosted the oscars and and he did that he had a tour bus and he told them that they were going to see something or other and he brought them into the oscars instead it was the other way around yeah it was funny they they were horrified the stars were horrified that they had to shake hands with these people on camera i saw a couple of people were just like "Ah." some to their credit were down to earth and were like oh this is fun but a couple of people were like "Eh, get them away from me I'm not going to touch <laughs> people. Right. 
Right. Have you been going to my movies? Do you remember the Razzie Awards? They used to be yes. the Golden Raspberry Awards, which is supposed to be a comedic counter to the Oscars. And yes. it's always been really funny, but I don't know why this is, but in the last couple of years, they've gone off the rails and they've become, their emphasis is more on politics than it is on just oh. skewering Hollywood. Yeah. So this year, best, or excuse me, worst picture was um, the Mike Lindell documentary, which is, ridic- <laughs> which is ridiculous because that's not even a movie. And Mike also got worst actor. Sia, remember when I was talking about the movie yes. music? Sia won worst director. Kate Hudson won worst actress. And Maddie uh, won worst, support. yes, won worst supporting actress. But see, that's the kind of movie that should be a Razzie. It's like, you know, overblown Hollywood thinking they're so important and sticking a pin in that bubble. That's what it should be about. Not Mike Lindell. Who cares? Don't give him any. Oh, and Rudy Giuliani won worst supporting actor for Borat too, which is kind of funny, but it's like. I would say let that have its own little division. It is comical to draw attention to Rudy in that because I think he got away with that too easily. Yeah. Yeah. No, I I think I agree, but something like Robert Downey Jr. in Doolittle, that's the kind of movie I think of that should like like, sweep the Razzies, you know? Yeah. Give it its own division in special categories. This year we have blah, blah, blah. I have Lost. still yet to watch that beautiful piece of art. You don't need to. Trust me. I'm I mean, go ahead, to. but you, you really don't need I'm to. I'm not there's going nothing, to. There's nothing to be learned from. What's great, though, you know, what you should watch is last week I talked about Mike Lindell launched his Frank network. Yes. Yeah. How's that well, working out for him? <laughs> well, not so well. There's lots of lots of people called in to prank him. So there's if you go to YouTube, you can find a lot of funny Mike Lindell pranks. Uh-huh. Did he give up? He, oh, he, say he no, didn't no. Already. Oh, see, they're, that's what they're trying to do. They're... Yeah, he, everything is a, an excuse. When somebody calls and pranks him, it's the mm-hmm. deep state. It's the deep of state course. doing it. So I think someone should shoot a little YouTube video on how to tuck in a shirt and add that. I'm not a dude, so I'd probably tuck my shirts in differently. So maybe a dude, if, if any, any fellows out there can help a man out. Well, I will say this. Dudes, if you're listening, only certain shirts can be tucked t-shirts a t-shirt should never ever be tucked into your pants okay you hear me guys now i tuck some of mine in uh okay well we'll talk up here but a lot no a lot of times i'll wear a super cool t-shirt with my boots and a blazer and it would be sloppy to have the t-shirt out Hmm. okay all right but But, uh, i mean not not tucked tight you know there's you pull it back but a lot of my T-shirts are bigger. They're not fitted. Not to be, you know, sexist or anything, or to unnecessarily gender things. But speaking of T-shirts, maybe it's a dude thing. Speaking of speaking T-shirts. Speaking of T-shirts, did I tell you the big news? You did, and I think it's wonderful. You only told me though. We have. I have a friend who has a T-shirt business, and she is going to be making our "Let's Not Get Into It" T-shirts. Because we already had some people who wanted some. Well, of course, you and I should have some, and Tammy. Of course. But yes, not a huge, huge number at this point. But yes, I had some folks who wanted to wear them out and about. So just decided it's time. So So yes, Yasmin has no-coast design and apparel. She was on the Lincoln has a no-coast derby girls roller derby team. Okay. And she was a member of the team for a while. And she was doing some of their stuff, I believe. And so she named her... Company No Coast Design and Apparel. She does a lot. Of, she does really good work. And the shirts are so soft. Nice. Yeah. If anyone would be interested in wearing one of these T-shirts, they should contact us through the uh, 
either through Facebook or through uh, YouTube or whatever and just say, hey, I want one of those. Then we can take it from there. Yeah. Who doesn't like T-shirts, right? I know. It's T-shirt weather, too. I did order for all the people who had expressed that they wanted them. And then I ordered a couple extras. We'll have a couple for giveaways that we have to figure out what our game is going to be. You know, comment on this or comment on that and to qualify. Yeah. Yeah. One time, years ago, I did a, an internet radio show with a buddy of mine, and I thought it would be hilarious to do this, to go to a convention, like a comic book convention, where people set up tables and, you know, pimping their stupid stuff and whatnot. And I thought, okay, what if, and we have this radio show, and, but what if we just made this big banner, like this big vinyl banner that says, the movies hate you show, live in person, Robin Lee, you know, and we got a table and we sat there as if we were just like the most important people <laughs> ever. Just like, oh, of course, you know us. You That's know? wonderful. Because perception is half of it, at least. And the other 90% is hard work. So it would have been hilarious. I mean, it would have been an exp- you know, a couple couple hundred bucks probably for just a sign and all that. But I think it would have been hilarious because some people would come up thinking, well, I probably should know who these guys are. Yes. But I'm too embarrassed to ask them. So I'll just get their autograph. <laughs> and and leave. I actually uh, one time I used to do for a little bit of guest wrangling for these autograph conventions. I knew people who were in the business actors and years ago, but it, but hadn't really been in the acting business for a while. I knew a particular person. Put it that way, a particular person. Stephen Jeffries was his name. He was in a movie called Fright Night, which is a big horror movie, okay. big cult thing. Yes. Um, he did a few films, but really kind of dropped out. And I got into contact with him. And brought him to this convention and people were just thrilled to see him because he's a pretty important character in this film that everybody knows and loves. And, and so the, you know, the line was out the door for autographs for this guy. So I'm sitting next to Steven the whole time, just keeping him company and whatnot. And somebody puts their program, convention program, down on the table and Steven signs it. And then the guy says to me, would you sign it too? <laughs> and I was like, sure. So I signed it, handed it to him. So the guy behind him saw that I signed it and was like, well, I better get both of these guys on. So I sat there signing autographs to people <laughs> who were too embarrassed to ask me who I was yeah. or do they need my autograph or whatever. <laughs> they were just like, I better get this or this else. This guy's at the table with him, so he's got to be somebody as well. Ex- exactly. So there are people out there walking around with my autograph on this program, <laughs> probably <laughs> still wondering who the – I don't see this guy's name in the program. <laughs> it's just a psychological thing. I think people, yes. you know, you, you want to be part of something. You don't want to feel left out. So you know, if there's a line or if you stand in the middle of the sidewalk and you, you know, just look up in the oh, sky and just stand there for a while, a crowd will gather eventually. Speaking and, of looking up in yeah. the sky. Oh, I'm sorry. Did you see no, the moon? No, not at all. No. There was a full moon and it was pink. It was beautiful, beautiful, beautiful. I'm sorry. I didn't see that. Tammy was when, when we were on our short little over two hour conversation last night. <laughs> asked if I had looked at the moon and I had glanced out when I was letting the dogs out and looked up and noticed it was full and but I was doing other things and then when she pointed it out I went back out took a moment what so the whole thing was pink has, or like pink I mean, glowing yes it has a pinkish hue to it huh and then I texted my son because we've been howling at full moons for years but it was very late and he was asleep duh wow and that was a one time thing it's not going to be tonight too I don't think I don't know. I'm sure another 75 years will be another one. We lost a musical great last week, and I didn't even realize it until several days later. You and I are Meatloaf fans, right? 
Yes. Don't worry, don't worry, Meatloaf didn't die. And okay. Meat's, Meat's still with us. But Jim Steinman, who was the pretty much the brains behind the whole Meatloaf thing, not to take anything away from Meat, but Jim Steinman wrote the songs, produced them, arranged them, Bad Out of Hell, all the songs that we loved. And then I think shortly after that, like on the tour, the Bad Out of Hell tour, Meatloaf had throat problems and had an operation and they yes they botched it or something and so he was he wasn't able to record for several years so what was supposed to be the follow-up album to bad out of hell which was enormous it was as big as thriller was for the time basically fizzled right it's just so it's so good and so steinman ended up just recording that second album himself oh which years later after meat got I, i think his throat either got better or he got another surgery to repair it or something and was able to record again. He eventually did re-record all those songs. But yeah, I mean, the dude is, Simon was, Mm. I mean, it's so theatrical and bombastic and melodramatic, but it works. It's just so good. I mean, yes, you know, two out of three, the the, the lyrics are, are hokey if you just look at them on that level, but it just, it all works. And he also wrote, Oh, he had many hits for other people too. Total Eclipse of the Heart, which yes. I cannot listen to. Um, <gasps> oh, I'm sorry, but that song just drives me crazy. And then an air the supply rest. song also. Oh, Lordy. Sorry. There's an air supply song that he that also wrote. Ra- anyway. rock and roll song? Their, no, their it was heavy one of metal the... song? Oh, did they do that? That's, oh, yeah. Oh, I have to hear that. That's, yeah. oh, wow. Okay. I'm going to look Wasn't that up. Wasn't that what all their music was? They were, uh. There was one really fun times with the meatloaf music i had talked to before about my friends we all met in the dorms Mm -hmm. i mean some of the people came down and the next year when we were moving into apartments we were not going to move into a complex where both groups couldn't move in together so if we called a place and had one apartment nope so before we would go out keep in mind this is college you would usually get together in prime before you went anywhere Mm -hmm. we would go to one of the apartments was bigger it was a corner one and put on meatloaf do a little priming and sing and dance and dance and sing. And I mean, on the coffee table, on the furniture, there were times we really wondered if we should just stay there because we were really having as much fun as we would probably have had anyplace else. So thank you, Meatloaf. Exactly. For the good times, good times. And, and, and still when I hear that music, it just transports me right back. If you remember the video for one of my favorite songs was... Uh, you took the words right out of my mouth. You know that one? Oh, yes. it must have been while you were really? kissing I... me. Yeah. Well, the, the opening, song. if you remember the opening to that song, is like a spoken word thing where there's a guy and a girl and she says, will you love me by the light of the moon? And he says, yes. yes. That's yes. Jim Steinman. He's the yes, yes, that guy. Oh. That's him, yeah. Yes, that is classic. And for the record, Meatloaf did have his name legally changed to Meatloaf. So you would address him as Meat if you were friends or Mr. Loaf, Mr. Loaf if you weren't. Yes. I think when I go back outside to work today, Pandora is going to be a Meatloaf station for a while. Oh, there you go. Oh, my. Yeah. He did a duet with Cher. Do you remember that one? Most people oh. don't remember that one. Yeah. It's too bad because, I mean, his that album was so huge that had he not had that throat problem, the follow-up was just a guaranteed smash yeah and everybody wanted to work with him and everything and it wasn't like like five years yeah before the official me love second album came out which in that time steinman had kind of moved on he did a lot of theater stuff uh, a lot of theatrical stuff too 
musicals and it's all so bombastic was, and overdone and wonderful what anyway. was the name of this of the meatloaf follow-up album oh bad no dead ringer was the one he did with share bad timing was to be the follow-up but i think that jim steinman released his own album called bad timing which was all those songs because at that point it was oh, unclear if he was ever going to be able to sing again so 85 87 85 people short on the New York census, lost a seat in the House of Representatives. I saw that. At 85, did you fill out your census? I don't remember. Probably. My neighborhood isn't, that That would never be a problem. Yeah, I don't think my number would be noticed. But do you know what district that was? Here's it is. But no, it was in the total of the state of New York. At 85, more people filled out the census. Oh, oh! I misunderstood. I thought it was 85 people in a specific district no. didn't do it, and therefore they lost. Okay. No. So New York lost a seat in the House All of right. Representatives. All right. Well, which I'll, is not I'll, good. I'll take the blame, but you, you know, you got to find 84 other people to share this blame with me. So I didn't do it all myself. I think oh. I did, though. No, I think I did fill out the census. I'm pretty sure I did. Oh, I know. I did right away. <laughs> like things are going to change in this state. Yeah, I think there were there were so many questions oh. that I. Oh, laughed oh. about like how you had do you identify yourself as blah 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 or blah 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 or do you wish to not identify it's like there were like five separate questions yeah. like race and well, why'd you ask me then if i get if you're gonna let me not answer the question <laughs> don't even bring it up i didn't mention race about a year ago april 24th one year ago a guy named josh swain s-w-a-i-n Oh, a, I know what you're going to Do you to know this? About. Yes. Oh, there my. There was a huge article in the paper. <laughs> oh, this is so Battle of, What was it? Battle, Battle of the Josh Swains? Josh Battle fight. of the it was, Joshes. Well, what, Joshes. It, it started with a guy, Josh Swain, and he, I guess, found everybody on Facebook who was also named Josh Swain, and he sent them a group email. It said something like, only one of us can have this name. There must be a fight to the death. On April 24th, 2021, we'll meet, and the last man standing will get to keep the name. It was just this cute little thing, right? And then over the year, it sort of became a meme, and people started thinking about it. Other, it became a thing. Well, a couple of months ago, it was like, well, wait a second, guys. You know, April 24th is coming up. Are we going to do this or not? Meanwhile, the original Josh guy made his post and kind of left. He wasn't even really following it so much. But at that point, he was like, okay, guys, I kind of just started this as a joke, but... You know, it's taken on a life of its own. He put coordinates of where the fight was supposed to take place. And it turns out they were on a farm just outside of Lincoln, Nebraska. Mm -hmm. And he totally chose these coordinates at random. He picked the center of the U.S. So once they found out this was actually literally on a farmer's property, like somebody went out and the farmer started putting up signs because he was hearing that people are going to be showing up and putting up signs. There's no Josh fight. So the original Josh finally stepped in and said, look, I feel responsible for this because I started it. So let's move it to another venue. So they found a place like an open field where they could do this, still not knowing what if anybody was going to show up or what they were going to expect when they were there or whatever. Finally, on the 24th, <laughs> the Josh fight happened, and it was so marvelous. There's video online of it, and it's just like a coming together, people think that gamers or this generation of people, self-centered or whatever, yeah, it, totally not. These guys came together. They all had swimming noodles, those, you know. Flotation devices. 
Thank you very much. They squared off in a field, and there was a couple of hundred people, all named Josh. And the best part is a four-year-old kid won the whole thing. (laughs) They all came together for this one thing, and then I'm actually tearing up thinking about this. They gave this to this four-year-old kid. People are great. Yes. Yes. 